The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm your host, Simon Holdsworth, and joining me today are Michael Wande and Paul Marsh. Good evening, guys. Hello, good evening. Hello from Germany. So, the, this week, the Niners battled divisional rivals Seattle Seahawks on primetime last Thursday night at Lumen Field, with the added incentive of taking the NFC West title with a win. Yet another efficient display from the Brock Purdy-led offence, accompanying another dominant performance from the NFL-leading defence, enabled the 49ers to come out with a 21-13 victory and the chance to get the hats and T-shirts out in front of the large contingent of travelling fans. So, guys, what did we think about that on Thursday night? Yeah, I personally was uh, um, you know, very impressed. Um, obviously, having supported the 49ers for quite some number of years now, the number of times uh, we've you know, not only uh, won at their house, uh, but also done the double uh, over them uh, in a season, it, you know, not very often. And even though they're not as strong as they have been historically, and uh, in our, um, you know, as we have done in the past, obviously played probably a stronger team. Uh, but um, you know, any win there, any time we can do the double and also win the division championship at the same time, uh, it's going to be a good day. Absolutely. What about you, Michael? Yeah, I mean, the score is closer than the whole game was. Um, in the end, uh, we, we got a bit sluggish uh, and uh, let, a, let a, bit of, a bit of game slide from the Seahawks. But overall, uh, the score should have been much higher. I mean, um, two times... Uh, Robbie Gold, uh, no, one time Robbie Gold missed a, uh, missed a touch, uh, uh, a PAT, uh, no, field goal, sorry, a field goal, and that one should have been a touchdown for me be uh, before that, because why do you kick at 4-1 uh, close to the uh, Seahawks' goal line? Just go for it. If you if you don't do it, uh, the Seahawks will get the ball uh, deep in their own uh, in their own uh, Part Territory. of the field, yeah, yeah, and but overall, yeah, it, it it looked much closer than the whole game was, and I'm pretty uh, happy about it. Uh, I talked about uh, the game with a Seahawk yesterday, and she said the same. She said too that uh, the Seahawks were lucky uh, that didn't get much more point than that, and. She said uh, the, the greatest problems the Seahawks have in the late game since Munich is uh, they wake up uh, too late in the game. And in, in this case, it was the fourth quarter when they woke up. Yeah, completely agree. I think I, I feel exactly the same as you guys in that the scoreline perhaps didn't necessarily reflect the domination that we showed in the game. Um, uh, like you said, uh, Michael, the uh, their touchdown was kind of in garbage time but it it always kind of lets the nerves jangle a little bit towards the end of the game which is a, a little bit unnecessary but um it wouldn't be the 49ers if they didn't would it i suppose but uh, <laughs> just just, yeah. just looking at the stats um brock purdy was pretty stellar again um 17 of 26 for 218 yards two tds most importantly zero interceptions and a 117 passer rating um i mean he's he's Jimmy, um, well, doing everything that Jimmy was doing, but 
he's adding to that. I think he's a, it, the argument of whether he's a better quarterback than Jimmy or not. I don't know, but he's certainly doing everything that was expected of Jimmy and more. I feel. What do you, how do you guys feel about it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, you go, go, Michael. Okay, uh, at the moment, I think he uh, he is Jimmy 2.0, a little upgrade to Jimmy at the moment. Uh-huh. As I say, he's a little upgrade to Jimmy, but he he certainly has a poise of Joe Montana. I mean, uh, when you hear the stories, he shouts uh, the veterans uh, together in the in the huddle, and he he uh, he has a poise to. To wait for the defense line to come to him and still throw uh, a deep pass to Kittle. I mean, the, the one time the two defenders rushed towards him and he stayed cool and brought the uh, the pass to Kittle. I mean, that that guy uh, has uh, cojones of steel. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, for for somebody who um, you know you wouldn't have expected much from, uh, and we're kind of getting a bit worried when Jimmy went down. As you say, to me at the moment, he's he's proving himself to be Jimmy two point I say he's doing everything that Jimmy would have done, but but also has uh, you know there's there's no fear there, or no sort of history of of failed sort of sort of downfield attempts. He's a bit more willing to to throw those longer passes down the sideline, and uh, I mean he threw that touchdown. Um, it, it wasn't in the, it wasn't in this game but the game before you know, it's sort of from was it 30 yards into the end zone and I can't remember the last time I threw a 49ers I saw a 49ers quarterback throw a touchdown from that far back into the end zone I mean I could be forgetting but I don't ever remember Jimmy doing it and uh, uh, so it seems to have been quite a while and uh, uh, you know time will tell whether or not uh, and tougher defenses will will come um to, to to really put him under the test but uh, so far so good and uh, I'm certainly looking forward to um you know a Jimmyless season next season and, and hopefully Trey and Brock really giving it a go to, to to prove to themselves which one's the best and 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 you know give us a healthy quarterback room yeah, I, I, just just to elaborate on on what you just mentioned there, Paul. I actually read a stat um, after the um, Tampa Bay game, and it was something like in the previous three seasons under Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the, the times that he'd thrown a touchdown of over thirty yards outside of the numbers was two, and then it said time time taken for Brock Purdy to do this one half of football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that kind of just reinforces exactly. what you were saying. Yeah, um, it's just I just was like, oh my god, I can't believe I've just I've just witnessed that. You know, it's been yeah. such a long time. Absolutely, <laughs> and, and and Michael, you're right. The the poise that he shows completely belies his experience in the NFL, doesn't it? I mean, um, was it the first touchdown? It might have been the first, it might have been the first touchdown or the second touchdown on some on Thursday night. Sorry, and the the commentator said, "Someone tell me this kid hasn't been in the NFL for seven years." and that's kind of how it feels, doesn't it? With the way that he, yeah, yeah, his 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 ability to just stay stay so calm under pressure and just deliver and not overcomplicate the outcome. I mean, he's obviously given a job, and he's he said in his post game interviews that he's just doing what he's told to do, and as long as he can do that, you know, we this this team can go a long way. Yeah, I mean that, and that's the key thing, isn't it? We don't. I mean, I think that's the that's the the key to his success. Really, is we don't, you know. With you know, sometimes obviously rookie quarterbacks go into teams that aren't necessarily stacked with the way they are. They don't always have the best defense in the NFL, uh-huh. uh, and they often get you know 
you know, certainly sort of the ones that are picked higher get put into quite difficult situations. He's got the complete opposite. He's got the best defence. He's got a ton of weapons uh, with with somebody who can uh, you know make plays uh, suitable for his skill set. And all he has to do is show that poise and that calmness. Uh, you know that that sometimes rookies don't have. Uh, and he's showing it in abundance and proving, hopefully, that that um, you know him being even the third string of the team is still going to be enough for us to actually make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. We don't need him to be Patrick Mahomes running around. No, no, exactly. Here, there, exactly. everywhere, flicking no look passes, you know, behind his head or whatever he's doing to extend players. He just believes in the system, and and almost I think his his lack of experience in the NFL means that he's less likely to kind of divert away from the plan, you know, because he hasn't got that, he's not seen that play before or he's not seen that read before yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And he kind of goes, well, just stick to what I'm doing and trust in the process. And because he's had almost immediate success with it, then why would you deviate away from something that's, you know, getting him in the headlines, it's getting the, the team winning and winning handsomely as well. Um, and it's a winning formula moving forward, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't he from the from the same university to uh, that uh, Josh Kittle is from from Iowa? No, he's from Iowa uh, State. Oh, and and Kittle was Iowa. Iowa, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but uh, I mean, whatever they do up there, that's the second time we've uh, we found a rough diamond in the state of Iowa. Um, Absolutely. Wh- whatever they are doing up there, and uh, don't forget. Uh, in, in, in the FBS here, uh, no, not FBS, FCS, he, he played uh, for titles too. I mean, uh, Iowa State was one of the better uh, FBS teams. Uh-huh. Um, and we, we, all, uh, we all saw uh, the Messiahs in Trey Lance, who is also only an FBS player. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that uh, our scouting department can find rough diamonds in the FBS. Absolutely. It doesn't necessarily need a top five draft pick either to pick a guy up, as we've seen. No, absolutely. The, the other thing I've noticed is, uh, to, to me, when when uh, um, Trey Lance has played, it doesn't ever seem to me like him and Kyle are very much in sync in, in terms of what I seem to think that... Trey Lance would be good at and the type of plays that we should be playing when he's playing uh-huh. uh, they don't quite seem to be in sync but it seems to me instantaneously that you know obviously because of the way that Brock Purdy is executing the plays uh, he obviously uh, and he and, and, and you know the fact that Carl is dying and he up plays that uh, he wouldn't be for Jimmy they, they seem to have already found kind of like a, a connection. You see what I mean? That that maybe that him and Trey Lance don't haven't quite yet built yet. I don't know, but they seem to have have, have, have you know, hit that connection straight away. And uh, and uh, between the pair of them, we've obviously sort of built up a, a, a you know a much more dynamic, flowing relationship on offensive play calls than 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 he has so far with Trey. Ab- ab- absolutely, and and. You know, we we went into Thursday's game obviously without without Debo having gone down uh, early in 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 the game a couple of weeks ago, um, which meant that we were going to lean pretty heavily on Christian McCaffrey. I mean, we we kind of touched on it in the podcast last week, but what an absolute revelation he's been! Um, you know, on on Thursday night he had twenty six rushes for uh, one hundred and eight yards, obviously uh, the touchdown, and he also touched the ball six times um, in the receiving. Uh, core as well for the other 30 yards. So another 140 yard, you know, all purpose yards. Um he's he's 
so so good. Um, and there was a stat that we saw um, in in the group earlier on that since joining the Niners, um, his ranks among all running backs in the NFL. His number one in receptions, number two in yards, number one in yards after the catch, number one in first downs, and number one in PFF yeah, it's receiving. Crazy, it's bonkers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, I, I just think uh, if we do end up winning the Super Bowl, it, it's his addition that that has really, um, you know, would, would have tipped us over that edge from from obviously not quite making it to actually seeing it through. I think um, I do worry a little bit uh, that he overplays him a lot in the first half at times, and sometimes wish that he'd maybe bring in uh, Jordan Mason for some of the bruising runs, you know, the short yardage and things like that. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't play Jordan Mason sometimes a bit earlier and he keeps, you know, even on those kind of plays, but um, you know, for as long as he's healthy, uh, he's gives us a good chance to, to win the whole thing for sure. Absolutely. I mean, Jordan Mason has been a bit of a revelation for me. I think every time he's yeah, yeah. he's touched the ball, he's, he, he runs. He, he reminds me a little bit of Marshawn Lynch, weirdly, um, considering it was at Lumen Field, you know, where he he, <laughs> yeah, he kind of yeah, lowers, yeah. you know, he runs through, he lowers his helmet, he's got that high step in action, and you know the amount of times that he busts the first tackle to gain. Yeah, it, yeah. So it, I don't. I but he, he doesn't really play him in the first half no, at all, no, does no. he? And I don't. I don't. Sometimes I don't know why some of the carries that are given to McCaffrey. Uh, couldn't couldn't be given to Jordan Mason just to try and you know not you know re- reduce his workload slightly, um, but um, you know who who am I to, to to say that he should do that? I just that's the feeling I get though sometimes. I think it's a it's a perfect com- a combo uh, in the first half and uh, beginning of the second half. You you play the um, in my eyes, Pro Bowl uh, running back. Uh, oh, definitely, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, uh, who is uh, tiring the defense down and he has some skills Mason doesn't have. Uh, for example, he is as good a, a pass catcher than he is oh, a, oh, as a running doubt, back. Yeah. And um, you, you tire down the defense line and then in the second half, you, you bring this cannonball of a running back who... Uh, what we saw in the the last play of the game, uh, where he broke through the D line and ran for almost uh, fifty yards or so. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, and won us the game basically. Yeah, and honestly, I was so angry with Carl Shanahan that he took the knee down. I would have laughed if he would have ge- given uh, him the chance to at least try. To finish what he started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was agree. gutted when he didn't get in. I was willing yeah. him on. I was, you know, just yeah. go on, go on. And yeah, just me, me, getting me, caught. Me too. And uh, I hope uh, my neighbors are not too angry with me. But I shouted <laughs> here at uh, 5 a.m. in the morning. And yeah, it, it was so accelerating. And uh, we, we watched uh, the game together with some friends uh, in uh, Twitter space. And we all were shouting. And one of the guys we watched it with was, a, was even a Patriot guy. And he even he shouted for Mason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's, um, he's an explosive type. I'm excited to see what happens with him. Um, but, but moving on and moving away from the, from the offense... Let's talk about that defense. Oh, guys. yes. Yeah, Let's talk sure. about that defense. Um, I mean, you know, the Seahawks sacked Purdy once. We got 
three sacks, um, one each for Samson Ebukam, who I really like, uh, Talanoa Hufanga, who came off the edge and completely unbucked, and, and Nick Bosa, who, if, if he's not Defensive Player of the Year this year, I don't know if he'll ever win it. Um, I don't, yeah, but it worries me. I don't because do, do you see some of the things that I, I I see all these things where they put down like list of of, of best edge rushers by varying yeah. sort of uh, markers. I'm not sure what what they all are, but he is never at the top ever. Even though on all actual statistics for well, pretty much every major statistic, he's like the top. <laughs> Absolutely. In, in all of these lists of edge rushers, he's like always third or fourth. It's or something people like, like that. Max, Cro- Max Crosby and people like yeah, that. It's yeah, it's absolutely crazy. It's like you know, it's like he got snubbed for comeback player of the year last year, and they, mm. they just they just don't seem to like him, do they? I'm not. So it, it just worries me that whilst he totally is going to deserve seems, defensive player of the year, he's not going to get it. It seems to be the whole team. Uh, I mean, I saw a statistic: uh, Super Bowl chances, the Cowboys. With the same record than we have, in the same division than than the Eagles, who had the easiest past uh, uh, way to the playoffs this year, and the Eagles have over forty percent, the Cowboys have over thirty percent, the Niners have thirteen percent chance to win the Super Bowl. I mean, the whole team is shun, and uh, honestly. Uh, I don't care if uh, Nick Bosa gets uh, defensive player of, of the year. I am I will be happy for him, but I want to see him do one thing: break or destroy Strahan's single season sack record in the next two games, not in the next three games, in the next two games. Because when he does it in sixteen games, uh, no one will ask a question. If he breaks it in uh, seventeen games, everyone will say, "Yeah, he had a game more." Break it in the next two games and evaporate uh, the the record of Michael Strahan. That's much more worse than the didn't Bosa miss the Kansas, the year. Didn't Bosa miss the Kansas City game though? He was injured, wasn't he? Yeah, he 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 uh, was. Um, but I mean, against Washington and against the the Faders, uh, you can definitely uh, get eight eight sacks. <laughs> that would be some going for sure. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would. I mean, I mean, to be fair, the the, the entire Forty uh, Nineers D line um, performed well on on Thursday night. They they amassed twenty seven pressures and and everybody got involved. So Bosa yeah, had yeah, six. Yeah. Armstead, who's been a really welcome um, returnee, got five. Ebukam three. Kerry Hyder three. Charles Omenahue two. Jordan Willis two. Drake Jackson, T.Y. McGill, and Akeem Spence all won each, and you know it's that kind of rotation that that makes the 49ers' uh, defensive line so scary. Is because they've got so much depth and so much ability that then and they can keep them fresh by rotating them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I was I was watching some YouTube you know, show, I can't remember which one it was now, where they were discussing, trying to discuss whether or not this is the, you know, the, the best uh, San Francisco defence that they'd covered. And so the other ones were obviously the the ones that went to the Super Bowl under um, 
Harbour. Oh, Harbour. Uh, and uh, I mean, they had some great players too, but I just, uh, I just think across across the whole, I mean, it's, it's close. It's really difficult because then when you start reading out the names of all the people who were in that team, you're like, oh my God, they were amazing as well. Yeah. So it's quite hard to, but, but they're certainly, they're certainly up there, right up there with, with the best defences that I've certainly watched us, uh, um, you know, enjoyed watching uh, for sure. And a nice statistic to back that up. The Dallas Cowgirls, uh, the team, they have uh, double the percentage we have uh, in the Super Bowl uh, chances. The Dallas Cowboys allowed 63 points in the last two games. The 49ers allowed the same uh, amount of points in the last six games. And now tell me, uh, the Cowboys have a higher percentage than we to reach the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> It, well, well, there, was, there was quite a lot of stats that we hit over the over this past game, though. Um, since since Sachs became official in 1982, or Sachs stats, should I say, there have been five players to record 15 or more sacks in two of their first four NFL seasons. Nick Bosa became number five on Thursday night. Um, nice. There was another one. George Kittle um, surpassed 5,000 receiving yards for his career, so he's just the sixth tight end in NFL history. To hit that mark in his first six seasons in the league. Uh, where there was another one. Uh, so the 49ers have held their opponents to 17 or fewer points in seven straight games. Their longest such streak since doing it for eight games in 1984. Obviously, 1984, 49ers won the Super Bowl. Um, and that was a, the greatest defense in franchise history. So, you know, Brock Purdy on the other side of the ball. Completed 70% of his attempts with four touchdowns and zero interceptions, making him just the third quarterback since 1950 to hit those marks in his first two starts. Any ideas who the other two might have been? Mm. Uh, as in... Yeah, I, I, uh, you first. I was going to say, is it Montana? I don't know. No, it's, it's, sorry, yeah. not, not franchise, in the NFL, so... Okay. Oh, sorry, oh, okay. Uh... Oh, um, what's his face? The goat, Brady. Nope. In the mm. NFL, it's the 49ers. I would have said Steve Young. Um, no, so there's only two quarterbacks in the NFL who've done it previously. They were Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And ah. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's a great funny. start, isn't it, though? You know? Yeah, that's fabulous. One that, one that we nearly drafted, and, and obviously one that yeah. uh, the one that we did draft. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, like I say, th this team is going places, um, which which kind of brings us on to uh, our game on Saturday, Christmas Eve, I believe, isn't it, against the Washington Commanders at Levi? Yeah, yeah. So the Niners lead the all-time series twenty-one, twelve, and one, um, and they've won five of the last seven meetings. Although the last meeting was a 23-15 win for the Commanders in Arizona. Uh, a fumble return for a touchdown and a pick six being the only touchdown scored by Washington in that game. Um, Washington lost to the Giants on Sunday Night Football last week, 2012. And they're 7-6-1 and one for the season. Uh, good for fourth in the NFC East, which, as we've alluded to, is headed by the Philadelphia Eagles and the... Uh, the Cowboys. So, um, how do we feel the game on Saturday is going to go, guys? Uh, it's, uh, we have all the weapons to beat the Commanders. Yes, they they were uh, coming uh, really hot in 
especially till the uh, Giants game. But let's be honest, the Giants have beaten them and the Giants don't have as much talent as we do. And uh, in the first game, they couldn't even beat the the, the, the Giants. Uh, the Giants lead both games uh, against them uh, by a draw or by by the win because the first game was a draw. So sure. um, we're much better than the Giants. So we should uh, beat them. Um, they they have a really strong uh, they have a really strong D line. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. And they have some good wide receivers, but. Uh, uh, the greatest weakness is Heineke and their offense line, I think. And I think our defense line should have a, a field day with that offense line. And uh, poor Heineke, I like him. He's he's a nice dude. And uh, I really like what he did for the commanders. But uh, I think uh, Bosa is coming to town. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you. I think I think uh, you know defense, our defense against their offense uh, is is likely to lead to, you know, hopefully them not scoring very many points. I, I you know, but I do think that because you know, obviously, is it Montez Montez Sweat? Is that his name? It's Montez Sweat, and, and I think Chase and Josh is. Allen. Yeah, and, or something like that. You know, yeah, they've they've obviously got some some serious edge rushes and, and potentially the best edge rushes that the that uh, Brock Purdy will likely have played uh, against. Um, so our O line will have to put in a, a, a strong performance for him not to face a tough afternoon. So uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it was another relatively low scoring affair. But uh, I have I have every confidence that that you know our offense will score more points against their defense than their offense will muster against ours. Well, I mean the Niners opened up as seven point five points favorites for the game. And and I'm with you, Paul. I think I think it will be fairly low scoring. Um, I think I think I've heard from on the grapevine that Chase Young, who was an absolute stud in his rookie year for Washington, I think it was him who got the false fumble and the uh, and the fumble return last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he might be returning, but he's been out for a year. So whether he hits his straps straight away is is to be seen. But I think the O line have performed quite well this year. All things considered. Oh, I, I mean, they've they've totally performed way beyond my expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apart from um, McGlinchey, but um, yeah. he's performed but, pretty but much. McGlinchey's good in the in the run game, though. He just whiffs in the. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just has, yeah, you know, exactly. In 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 the passing game, he's not he's not brilliant. But no. but the rookies and the and the centre um, have have been much better than than uh, um, I expected. Uh, and on the whole, been a, a huge, huge positive, especially because they're so young. They're still on rookie contracts and all that kind of stuff. It's it's very positive. Yeah, I think I think I read a stat the other day. Um, Spencer Burford and Aaron Banks, who are the um, the two guards, have uh, let less QB pressures than any other guard tandem in the NFL this year, which is unreal, really. When you think that's about crazy, it. yeah, brilliant, <clears throat> absolutely uh, incredible. And uh, you know, even Brendel, who everyone was like, he's only played was it two games or three games, yeah. and they why are they showing the faith? And then we must get a new centre. You know, even you know, I think I think the one thing you know, I, I don't 
I don't notice him as, you know, and I'm not like an intricate, you know, don't really follow the whole intricacies of, 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 of sort of line play and all that kind of stuff. But he doesn't seem to get too many fouls called against him. You don't seem to see, you know, his name being called out because he's letting in, you know, uh, you know giving away sacks and that kind of stuff. So even, even he is, is clearly, he may not be the best centre that there is, but he's certainly you know, doing a job that, that that's enabling us to, to perform. Uh, so I think across the whole the whole line, they're, they're, they're doing a, a much better job than, than many and me as well I thought they would at the, as at the start so um, long may that obviously the more they play together as well the, the better they'll get so um, as that's probably worked out through the season too yeah I, I have to uh, say something about the offense line um, I played Olan and uh, if you play center and you have two good guards uh, some flaws uh you have your, your centers can cover, and I think our uh, our guards do that. They do that pretty well. I mean, I think even since uh, Brunskill is there, the whole O line stabilized much more. Uh, Brunskill and uh, Banks they play lights out at guards. I mean, Trent is the best tackle in the league. Um, the, the linchpin in our offense line is uh, McGlinchey, and uh, I really I really urge him stop with the vegan shit and get a steak, please. You need uh, power <laughs> to play your position. To, to play your position, I mean, sometimes it's ridiculous. Sometimes the the defensive ends just shoves him out of the way. Yeah. Other times he just looks uh, uh, when the defensive end uh, is faster than him. And, um, yeah, I mean, the oblige injury or oblique injury uh, Brock has is due to uh, McGlinchey because of that first uh, sack uh, Purdy got against yeah. Tampa Bay when McGlinchey just watched uh, the, the, the defensive end rushing besides him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, four-fifths of our O-line plays uh, as expected or better than expected. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then we still have uh, our uh, honorary uh, O-line man, George Kittle, yeah, who, likes, who likes to punch the lights out of uh, defenders. <laughs> and we have uh, Juice. I mean, Juice is running over people uh, and I... I can't even imagine uh, seeing our offense without a fullback. And um, I heard that from other teams uh, now too who started to play fullback again. And uh, fullback is one of the most overshadowed positions because uh, he frees room for the running backs. He protects the quarterback uh, in certain situations. I yeah, mean, yeah. that's one of the best positions you can have. Absolutely. And and just to kind of add on to what you said there, Michael, about um, George Kittle and people wanting to smash people in the face is that, you know, we look at stats and we look at, you know, rankings. I'm looking at some stats now about, you know, where the 49ers defence are and the offence are in terms of uh, league positions in yards per game, rushing yards per game, etc. And it kind of always pales into, into significance. And I read a really interesting stat this week that uh, people were going on about how the Buccaneers lost against the Bengals on Sunday. And a stat came out, and I just couldn't believe it, but it, it kind of rings true, is that 
this season, teams are one and twelve after in their games after playing. Oh, I saw that as well. Yeah, that's one crazy. And, one and twelve in the games after playing the 49ers. We beat people up. Playing the 49ers <laughs> is a completely different proposition to playing any other team in the NFL physically. And that must drain people mentally as well. You know, and if we're doing that week in, week out, then how hard how hard and how physically fit are our guys? And this is what teams like the Eagles, teams like the Cowboys, and teams like Green Bay don't face in their divisions, they don't face them any other time. Which is why we're a nightmare yeah. matchup for teams like that in the in the playoffs. You know, even uh uh, last year, wasn't it? When we got when when did we win in Green Bay? Was that last year? In yeah. the snow, yeah. We just we, yeah. They just don't see people teams like us in coming. They they obviously they think they can stop us, but doing it is something completely different. But I thought that stat was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy. The thought that you know, um, you know, a team could could have that. It'd be it'd be interesting to see what what the results are against some of the other teams. So I'd like to see the same stat for uh you know a bunch of the other teams and see how unusual it is yeah compared to some of the other top teams but um it, it certainly as you say demonstrates the physicality of our game uh which obviously again maybe suggests why we have so many injuries as well but yeah. um it uh, uh it, it's certainly a style that clearly suits you know the majority of our players despite maybe some of the uh, uh drawbacks of, of, of injuries and whatnot but uh, uh, it certainly uh, you know goes to show what they face when they come and face us it, it certainly does it certainly does so I'm guessing by uh, both of your comments you've expected a Niners win on Saturday and nothing less uh, yeah yeah I would hope uh, well, I reckon by I say I reckon it'd be relatively low scoring but I reckon we could win by 10 points or more yeah Michael of course, I expect us to win, and I expect Bosa to do at least uh, four tackles, um, uh, four sacks. I mean, he needs it. He needs uh, four per, per game. <laughs> I, 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 well, he's got the, he's got the ability to to do it, hasn't he? He's, uh, it just depends whether he draws any double teams. But then again, if people, if, the, if the he, other thing might also be whether or not they they play all because obviously because we've. I know, I know we're still going for like the second seed in the conference and that kind of stuff, uh, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if we get up quite soon that you know they start you know uh, snap counting and you know reducing sure. snaps of of the of the stuff that that might impact his ability to get four if towards like the end of the fourth quarter we you know uh, get a couple of scores or more ahead. Sure. Okay, guys, let's move on. So we've um, just got the pick six to cover off for this week. Um, so our week 15 winner is none other than our own Deepak Gohill, who uh, not only um, top scored in the pick six with 14 points, but it was also his birthday this week. So uh, happy birthday, Deepak. Um, happy birthday. I, I think you had a nice, I'm sure you had a nice day uh, uh, celebrating with uh, some Irish car bombs, no doubt. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the table after week 15 um, is uh, in first place, it's now Matthew Evans with 75 points. Second place is Stephen Box with 73. Third, Beyond Clyde Grew and Mike Farron with 71. And then yours truly in fourth with 70 points. The admin host table is Steve Box in, at the top, uh, followed by me, James Little, Nathaniel James, Yu Wandy in fifth, 
Deepak in sixth, all the way down to Mr. McDonald at the bottom. Um, so it's time to wrap this episode up, guys. Thank, thank you again to everyone who helps out and contributes to the show. Um, also, from everyone on the admin team here at Niner Empire GB, we wish all our members a very Merry Christmas. And on behalf of Michael Wandy and Paul Marsh, I've been Simon Holdsworth, you've been the audience, and this was the Frequency 49 Show. Go Niners! Thank you.